Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying time is here. That's right, we are talking the 2019 Jordan Peele new classic, Us, on Kill by Kill. Greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from Santa Cruz, California. This is the Kill by Kill podcast, where we're dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. And we're going to get into it with the brand new release from Jordan Peele. Uh, It's the film that everyone went to go see this last weekend and that you should probably go see yourself if you haven't already. But I don't want to freak you out. We're not here alone. That's right. I have brought on the only special guest that we need. She's the only person that I trust. When I tell her to call the police, she will not just inadvertently start playing NWA's fuck the police. The one, the only Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing, Gina? I I beg to differ. I would exactly do that kind of thing. (laughs) You wouldn't have a sense of urgency under the circumstances. I I can totally see. Yeah, there are a lot of moments in in this movie where I think, yeah, that would happen to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I would uh I would not survive this film and I would probably uh die to the sound of MC Ren. Everyone's favorite NWA member. MC Ren, everyone. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> that was yeah, how I, much I, of a, a dipshit contrarian I was. I was like, I love MC Ren. People are like, who? He's in the group. Like, he's one of the people you hear. Are you sure? <laughs> I, I see. I picture you more of the, the, the falling off the back of a motorboat while trying to to restart the, the motor. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Yes. The amount of dad jokitude happening in this movie was very reminiscent to me. Oh, it's I, wonderful. It's, it's <laughs> I, the whole time the movie, I was like, I was like, nothing better happened to Winston Duke because what a character! Just, just he, just, just perfection. I was like, no, you, you, you cannot have anything happen to this character. This guy has come prepared every time he has been tasked with what could be, you know, maybe not the biggest role in a movie. He just come, he just knocks it out of the damn park between this and Black Panther. This man deserves to be a giant star. That is not to say that he is even the highlight of the movie because really there isn't a bum performance in the entire thing. Yeah, no, this is a it's not a huge cast, but but everybody just brings their 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 A game into it. In, in, including, you know, you know, the guy who I tend to think of as the Tim and Eric guy. <laughs> <laughs> who I had zero idea was in this movie. I was I forgot. very I remember- shocked. I remember seeing him mentioned, and I guess I I just you know, I blocked it out. I saw him in the credits. I'm like, oh, he's in this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, is and, he, and he, and he, what? And he has for, for me the best part, the, the best scene in the entire movie. Just, okay. just well, he, yes, I will agree. Let, let's do a quick sort of non-spoiler overview of how we felt about it for the crowd who might not have had a chance. And listen, not all of us can run right out to a movie theater. I saw this at 10 15 on a Friday morning because it's the only time I was going to be able to see this thing. And that is the best crowd to see a horror movie with octogenarians and their nurses. I sat next to a very 
elderly man who was nonplussed through the entire thing. And when I laughed at a particular in-joke, looked at me like, the fuck are you doing? We're here to be scared. Why are you laughing? Like, I can't help it. This is a very amusing movie until it's not. About halfway through, I'm like, this is a crowd pleaser. I understand why he's openly calling this a horror movie rather than a social thriller or whatnot. I'm getting the context with this. I'm in love with it. There's a twist I did not see coming, one that I did. But overall, there's a polish and panache to this. The characters are vibrant. The dialogue is fantastic. It is just every layer has meaning to it. I'm still thinking about it, and that's why I tweeted out the only first reaction I trust from people when they come out of this movie is, I have a lot to think about. <laughs> then I know it worked on you. <laughs> because yes. if you're if, if you're all like, it wasn't scary, or um, it's the biggest, bestest thing ever, I'm kind of like, no, 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 no. You got to sit in this. Uh, how about you? I Yeah, I, I saw it. Today, um, mm. I saw it twelve forty five on a Sunday afternoon, which, which again <laughs> is is peak viewing time. Um, yes, uh, the people next to us, because uh, I saw it with my daughter. Uh, we saw it at one of those fancy schmancy you know, serving food in the theater theaters, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they were struggling with their phone to be able to see the menu. So you know, I kind of had that you know by one eye. I was like. Pew! But kind of moving to one side and noticing. But the, once they figured that out, they were really into what was happening in this movie, like just jumping and, and legs bouncing up and down. And, and again, yeah, this is you. you it, it seems cliche, but you and I know people really, you know, in recent years have gotten very grumpy about people making any sort of sound or reaction to anything mm. that's happening in a, in a theater. But I mean, with a with a like. It's not really a spoiler to say because I think that they're in in longer trailers of this. Lupita Nyong'o's double talks in this voice that is it it is blood curdling, and yeah. and the the first time she speaks, the whole audience is like just like <laughs> the air getting sucked out of the room. Everybody's like. <gasps> Everybody's like, ah. <laughs> it, it, it's like, I can't, it, it sounds like, and, and well, I don't want to say what it sounds like until we get to the spoiler part, because it makes mm-hmm. sense that she sounds the way she does. I don't, I can't even imagine, I mean, just the hot tea budget on, on, on Lupita Nyong'o's, you know, <laughs> writer for filming must've been astonishing. I can't imagine how much of a strain talking like that must have been on her vocal cords because it's it's just like it's awful it's 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 bone chilling her performance in this is absolutely startlingly good yeah. and i fear we may have another hereditary like situation here oh where yeah, some, yeah. Where <laughs> she is not going to get nominated for yeah. an academy award for performing two roles in this movie that not a lot of people could handle. It is amazing what she accomplishes on screen, how much you feel for her, how much you feel for that family. The fact that Jordan Peele was able to make an R-rated family horror movie, (laughs) which is just 
it's that doesn't come around every day. Yeah, and so, it's not for being R R rated. I mean, it's it has one like like set piece that's pretty gory. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's not particularly over the top as as far as 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 gore is concerned. You know, there's there's not a single moment of of gratuitous nudity. There's just it's it's. Yeah, I mean it, it. Yeah, but you're right. She's absolutely going to be forgotten during during award season because, you know, some people are going to say, "Well, it's too early in the year," and but really, we all know it's because people don't think that acting in horror movies is actual acting, and I have no idea why. I I, I do not. I don't comprehend this. Between this and Hereditary, there have never been better examples of back to back years of women giving purely outstanding. Could not be seen in any other film acting displays. And to not want to at least reward it with a nomination and call attention to it, I find mystifying. I mean, the, the, oh my God, Gina, people are crazy in this the, world. The, yeah. I mean, she, she is playing, you know, someone with PTSD. She's just playing that. You know, one one of the things that I mentioned online was that she, when she first sees the, this, and again, this isn't, I'm not giving anything away. It's not in the trailer. When she sees this, you know, duplicate family standing in the, in the driveway of their vacation home, she just, she feels really like realistically scary. Yeah. Yes. Everybody makes jokes about, and we've made jokes about it when we talked about, uh, um, Amityville, the possession, how things will happen to characters in horror movies, and their reaction is kind of like, huh, that's hmm. strange. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, just we talked about uh, Freddy's Revenge, a, a bird murders another bird and then explodes in a living room. He's like, so how'd you do it, kid? Huh? Yes, yeah, it's a bad bird seed. Did you want a cherry bomb it? Like, what the fuck are you, Columbo? You watched a bird explode in flame. That's more than I can pull off. I haven't even unpacked boxes in my room yet. Come on. The yeah, fuck I, is happening here? I, and I, this, this movie is the opposite of that. People genuinely react with surprise. They, they, make, they make smart and stupid moves, but they're motivated by what they know at the time. Right. And, and like the scene when, you know, Winston Duke goes from being like, oh, hi, can I help you to, oh, we can get crazy. I mean, you can, you can see just kind of, you know, everything clicking in his mind, like, okay, this is going to intimidate them. Hmm. That's not intimidating them. What do I do now? You know? yeah. And it's like, and, and yeah, I would think that, that, you know, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a man, but I think that most men are fairly, you know, certain that they can be intimidating if they need to be particularly. And in Winston Duke is intimidating he when he sits down well i don't want to get well let's let's come down on on because we're we have to talk about the details of this and i don't want to get go too far into details with people who haven't seen it so uh, it, it is an absolute recommend for me i think people should see this in a theater i think you should see it with people if you possibly can yeah it's well it, worth your time it's it's definitely a a post you know, post screening, you know, let's talk about this movie because there's a lot of symbolism. Uh, a lot of it, I'm not 100% 
sure what it was about yet although mm-hmm. uh you know one i one i figured out in the in the in the you know on the way out and i had to stop myself from yelling it out loud because i didn't <laughs> want to spoil it for anybody but you know, there's you know a, a lot there's a lot going on in this and some of it is is funny but funny in a kind of way that sends a little bit of a chill down your spine yeah. uh it, a lot of I, I actually read a an excellent um piece i think in vulture that you know, and you know, at first blush would seem like it was a bit of a reach, but after reading it, it made a lot of sense that this is the horror movie for Generation X and how and how our you know we have no place in this world. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> okay. And, yeah, that's a, it's that's an interpretation. All right. Yeah. No, no, it, it made it made a lot of sense. Uh I, I will try to, if I can remember, I will try to link the article when this uh when when this post go when this when this uh, episode goes up because it's between that and the one in Shadow and Act, I think is a is a good one as well. The the beauty of it is you can apply probably a hundred and one different interpretations to what you think yes. the message behind this movie is, what you think is going on under the surface, what you think he's trying to say. And you know you may not be right because you don't know what Jordan Peele was thinking when he wrote this, but if it makes sense to you, that's fine. If that's what you took away from it, that's fine too. It's yeah. it's it's not at all a a a simple slasher movie, which is why I think you you're again going to get a, a a lot of people, mostly on Twitter, say, "Well, that's not really horror," and because it has some funny lines in it, and it's actually about this, that, this, that, and the other thing. No, it's it's hard. It's a scary movie. It's it's, it's a, more yes. than more than scary. It's an unsettling movie. There's there's a a lot of, and it may be because I just have a thing about twins. It's just it's just like one of those things that that creeps me out and there's just something about a t- person that looks exactly like you but kind of broken and fucked up and doing terrible things that's just like you know and, and again not to put too much of my own personal spin on it but kind of dealing with like mental health issues you can apply some of some of that to it just like you know some, someone who looks like you and sounds like you but but is this kind of just you know, damaged version of you that that really kind of got to me and, and there's a lot you could apply to it yeah um so with that um we've given people a nice 50 minute introduction into our enthusiasm for the film uh we want you to be able to form your own opinion the only way to really do that is to see the film so if you haven't seen it yet pause it right here we're gonna be here when you get back no matter if that's uh, a week from now uh, two hours from now, whenever that is. Uh, and then you can rejoin us in the conversation. I think you'll enjoy it much more having context of the film. Okay. Now we're into spoiler territory and <laughs> let's start out with, I did not for the, if you had given me a list and say, how many ways do you think this movie would begin? I never would have touched upon uh, an infographic telling me about miles and miles of unknown tunnels underneath America. <laughs> yeah, and I, that, and I and I and I live I live in New York, so I'm like, okay, that's where we're going with this. And I have to walk <laughs> in a tunnel to get home immediately following this movie. <laughs> All, right. Um, All right. Yeah, I did not see that coming. Um, it, you know, the, the opening sequence is this flashback to, um, uh, to Lupita's character's youth. Um, she's at Santa Cruz, which I was at, 
uh, or this summer, I, in August, we were on that pier. So it's very, <laughs> and someone had said, someone has just been filming here. <laughs> It happens in the movie. And I'm like, and, and, this and, is crazy. And 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 getting meta as far as that's concerned. Um uh little well Adelaide, her character name is Adelaide. She notices that a movie is being filmed there, and that movie is The Lost Boys. Yes. <laughs> so there's it, a lot of there's a lot of of references to other horror movies. Um, but what you don't expect is that there's a very large reference to Hands Across America. Which, yeah, that was that was another stunner. I was like, where are we going with this? Because it's too large of a mention to not have something at the end of like this is going to have, because otherwise you would just cut away from this. But no, he gives you all 45 seconds. She's got a shirt. She's got, she's wearing a, a hands across America shirt. And I, I, I guess we should you know, kind of divert here. Cause I know cause my, my daughter is 21 and she saw it with mm-hmm. me and I leaned over to her. I'm like, I'm like, you know, this is a real thing. Right. <laughs> and she kind of looks at me like, really? And yeah, for the better, <laughs> The benefit of our younger viewers, this who who see this and thought, is this a real thing? Yes, this was a real thing. But this was when we were at our height of, of you know white saviorism, uh-huh. uh, where we did um, uh, 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 we are the world. Uh, we did um, Band Aid. Uh, do they know mm-hmm. it's Christmas? Uh, they did a heavy metal version of, of that. Um, they did a <laughs> they did a Canadian um, Canadian rock band version. Oh, please of it. let's not forget the hip hop version of this, which is we're all in the same gang. Yes, that's um, right. Uh, we did uh, "Ain't Gonna Play Some City," <laughs> and uh, and then "Hands Across America." I want to say it was uh, "Homelessness." Was that the uh, yes? Yeah, and was- I th- I think that that is another that was a big clue for me in terms of where does this all play out when we're talking about forgotten groups of people that were, that you are tethered to that your actions converse that no matter what positive happens to you, a negative happens to them. I immediately made the homelessness connection. Yeah. So this was, this was kind of, this was kind of a failed uh, uh, charitable event where people were literally supposed to take each other's hands and spread all the way across the country. It was a massive, embarrassing failure that I think as, as soon as it was over, nobody ever talked about it again. I think there were like several hundred miles where there was nobody standing there. So they were like, but it was supposed to be this, this, this big deal. But yeah, I, when that came, I'm like, I'm like, okay, this is an interesting, you know, pop culture reference to bring to bring yeah. into this. And the funny thing is, like, one of the, you know, thanks to you, Patrick, I, mm. I have become. I, I swear to God, I'm not. I'm not blowing wind up your skirt. I have become <laughs> more, uh, like, focused on kind of like on the sidelines things, like like you know, for for little clues and 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 just you know, odd little things. And so you notice that the the videos that in her you know in her collection are chud, yeah. which 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 kind of comes up later later in the movie, uh, to a certain extent. Um, the Goonies, uh, and the right stuff, which I <laughs> I can only assume that was uh, that was her father's videotape because I'm not sure why a 
six to eight year old girl would be watching the right stuff. Can I posit uh, a suggestion as to why that's there? Oh, go ahead. That, okay. This is going to be very wild flinging of conspiracy that you can only really find online. So let's say that instead of all the money that was put into the moonshot and sending Americans into space, what if only a fraction of the money raised to accomplish that and the military industrial complex actually went to that? And the vast majority of it went to creating a vast series of underground tunnels which would be populated with doppelgangers of people in order to control them. I think you might be on to something. Uh, listen, that could be complete bullshit. It's a pet Well, there's theory. a reason, yeah, but, yeah, but, it's, yeah, but it can't, it's, it's probably not because there's a reason he put it there. You know, he I mean, says I mean, there's a reason he put everything in this. You book. know, there's, you know, I, I think that, you know, and, and again, as part of our, our job here on this on this here podcast is is the the randomness of certain set designs. Like we spent, what, about 20 minutes talking about about Grady's bedroom. Now, that that that, 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 that bedroom that, is fantastic. That's a preview for next week. Yeah, that episode's going to be after this one. But yeah, because yeah. it's just so like just. You know, some set designer's idea of teenage boy and whether it's right or not, because I was not a teenage boy in the 80s. I don't I can't say for certain. I think it's a little over the top and a little chess kingy. But but yeah, I, I feel like with somebody like Jordan Peele, it's all very deliberate. So, yes. you know, you know, we, you know, I mean, I don't know that this little girl will be watching Chud. She, 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 because I mean, which she wouldn't have been because the mother said she's, you know, she's scared of everything. Definitely yeah. probably would have been watching Goonies, but I mean, there's a, re- we, we understand later why Chud is there. Goonies at least is an underground adventure. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's where I think he's making that thematic. Like um, she, we obviously see that she is the child of a marriage that is not operating at peak performance. She is very, this is the second movie in a row where I've seen a parent try to win a carnival game and fail. The second one being Shazam. I don't, I don't know why this is the moment Hollywood decided that family strife can only be displayed through failing at carnival games, but we're, that's where we're at. Everybody. Have you, have you not tried to, to, to win Ollie a carnival, a oh, carnival I'm game? I'm fucking terrible at it. Yeah, I was going like, to say, they do this. I'm like no one's good at it. It's it, frustrating. It, it, and you're like, I fail as a father. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't really want to win it anyways. Like, you no, know, you're going to, you're going to, you're gonna you're gonna win this. I'm gonna win you this cockeyed SpongeBob doll, kid. You're gonna love it. <laughs> and he's a kid who genuinely appreciates stuffed animals. But then again, he would be much happier with a book. And like yesterday, we sat in a pile for an hour and a half reading. I got the lottery, people. I hope that <laughs> never changes. All right. So, you know, he's drunk. She's mad. You know, obviously things are not uh, at the best. He manages to win her a, a T-shirt. I think this might have been, they wink at one another like it's been prearranged. Like he came around before and paid the guy five bucks underneath the table to get this Michael Jackson's Thriller T-shirt. And um, which will come in handy later when everyone decides to theme themselves in red with a single glove. <laughs> Yeah, that was my uh, 
that was my 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 yelling a plot twist out moment at the theater. <laughs> I I was talking with my daughter and I'm like, I can't figure I can't figure out uh what was going on with the glove. Michael Jackson. <laughs> I just like I just like <laughs> blurted it right out. Um certainly there's Freddy Krueger in there as well, but uh yeah, it's the whole movie is a mix and match of his influences and the the person I think who does it best at a contemporary level right now is Tarantino. He's always taken bald faced influences and said, this is what I would like to do. Now I would like to place it in a completely different genre with this other movie's characters. And now it's kind of a comedy until someone gets shot in the head and that's his movie. And in a sense, Peel is doing the same thing through his own very unique lens where he is a much better comedian. It's nice that there's not just, there's a comparison out there that isn't just Jordan Peel to Jordan Peel, which seems to be rife where the only thing I can put us up against is get out. And while they're similar in many ways, they're vastly different. Yeah, you can't you can't do it. And I'm already seeing is it better than is it as good as it's it's different then. I mean you just yeah. it's it's different in style, it, it's different in tone. I mean, get out, I think, you know, there were there were some amusing lines, but it was more you know, kind of a little cringy. Where whereas whereas in 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 um in us there were some genuinely funny moments and and some of them you know were during otherwise otherwise brutal scenes yeah for sure I mean uh, get out is essentially about those microaggression moments and being made to feel uncomfortable in another space being made to feel alien and then taking that feeling. And blowing it up into the worst case scenario of where that could possibly go. The fact that he draws you into that feeling of helplessness, of being sucked into your own mind and being trapped inside your own body. And the way people play that off later on, like, oh, that sounds like a wacky nightmare is, I mean, the it, it's it's a it's a fucking masterclass. Like that deserved way more than an Oscar, in my opinion. Again, uh, we don't get the most respect uh, for the genre. I I don't know if Jordan Peele alone is going to change that. I just think that there's a wave of uh, current uh, horror makers who are making splashy enough films where it's being noticed a little bit more. But it's also not a situation that we saw on Twitter recently where someone put up Hereditary and Get Out and um, Us and uh, another. The the Witch. The Witch. And so uh, horror saved itself. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, those are great movies and everything. But also before them, there were great movies. And in between them, there were like horrors of volume business, (laughs) y'all. Like where I think we're the most conditioned to kind of go, uh, I can see what they were going for. It just didn't work for me without going, it's shit on a sandwich. You know, sometimes <laughs> you get shit on a sandwich. 
But we, also, we, we talked we talked about many many shit sandwiches on this yeah, show so far. I mean, Possession uh, Amityville Two has shit sandwich elements to it. It's also swinging so hard for the fences. You kind of got to go. Well, they certainly got. Um, they certainly went for it all right, and you kind of have to appreciate the margins. But uh, a lot of people, you know, comedy doesn't get that benefit, and dramas don't necessarily. They're they're much more less shades of gray, and horror is a shades of gray situation. Like there are a lot of people who can watch Reanimator and go, "Well, that's an amateurish mess," and like I don't think you're paying attention. I don't think you're giving it the benefit of the doubt. I don't think you're viewing it as a, you know, Grand Guignol comedy rather than a spookifier, you know? Well, <laughs> and that's, so, a, that's the thing with the, you know, even, you know, even, even the, you know, the horror community could be very, you know, clickish and impossible to please. And, and, yes. you know, the, the, you know, the overall viewpoint seems to be, if it didn't scare me, it's not horror. Right. And it's like, well, that I don't know that that's you could really uh make that sort of assessment. Yeah. I mean there's a lot of I mean there's a lot of like I I mean to be honest with you, very few of the Friday the 13th movies have actually scared me. They 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 grossed me out. You know, some of some of them were were effective, but they don't really scare me. This, you know, I don't, you know, I never lost sleep over our Friday the 13th movie. You know, whereas a movie like 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 Hereditary, it's like I I saw that like when did that come out? Like last summer. And 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 I still think about that movie, and it's still like like you know you know, gets a little chill up my spine, and but you still got a lot of people who are like oh that wasn't scary, it's not horror because it wasn't scary. It's like well number one you're fucking lying, you know, <laughs> you know, and you're saying that it didn't scare you because you 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 live for the opportunity to to go against you know what you perceive to be you know the popular opinion which which you know let's just face it is probably one of the most tiresome ways a person could possibly live it yes. is, is to assume that if a lot of people think something that that thing must be incorrect and 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 it's up to you to to point out to people no you're actually wrong this movie is not good or this tv show is not funny or this movie is not scary and it's just like you know, you fix your heart. You're boring. Pick, you know, get an, get another get another shtick. And the other thing is that I can understand someone going, you know, it didn't. It just didn't work for me for whatever reason. I wanted to like it, but it didn't strike the right chord, or I wasn't in the right place, or it just wasn't my jam. That I'm really okay with because it's like art is supposed to cause an emotional reaction, and if the emotion doesn't happen. Like, that's okay. Like, we've all been on dates with a person that we would intrinsically go, I like the cut of that person's jib. And then when they open their mouth or they hear you open your mouth, they're like, okay, we're just shutting off all the pheromones right now. (laughs) And you can't go, but hey, um, on paper, this really matches up. That's not what this is about. It's a genuine thing. If the arm, if the 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 hair on your arms doesn't raise up, if you don't recede back into your chair, if you're not nervous looking into the corner of the screen, then maybe it just didn't work on you. And I'm a firm believer in not everything works for everybody. It's really okay. It's when you decide 
that you're going to now wear this as an armband and become the real moviegoer. Everyone, let's all calm down with your hype. I'm here with the truth juice about <laughs> this. And I'm going to tell you what's really going on. It's like, well, fuck you. It scared me. I am haunted by, I keep thinking about it. It's neat for you that you don't. But again, I don't wear my love of this movie as proof that I'm a horror fan. I like, I wear this love of this movie because it affected me. That's a, that's a difference of opinion. I think again, People have a tendency to wear brands as personality instead of having a personality about the brands that you like. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, yeah, there's a certain scene. Like, I don't know how, how like, there are certain seasons. I don't know how you can come away with it and just be like, eh, that didn't do anything for me. Like, like the big, the big twist in this. Well, there's two twists. One, there's one, two is, twists. one is pretty, pretty predictable. I, I, I have to say, but which but, one do you feel is predictable? Cause I, th- this is where I'm interested to see where this goes because there's one I felt I nailed about halfway through. And I'm like, aha. And it was very enjoyable to see it play out. It, and one, I did not fucking see coming. Uh, it was at, it was at that Adelaide, her her shadow self was actually in the real world the whole time i I, yeah okay we're in the same boat then yeah because but the whole thing about how everybody has one of these twins and they're kind of subsisting in in, on the underground like there there is a scene that just had me like like just like shrinking into my seat and it's kind of how this shadow world works and like I said, it's it's as it's explained, and it doesn't go too much into the logistics of it. And if you're going to be looking, for how, how could you? Because there's yeah. no way to act like yeah. this is woo woo time. We're we're into this is metaphor given shape and space and light. Yeah, this this is a, a as Patrick pointed out a a explained as a government experiment in which people were given you know, essentially, essentially shadow versions of themselves to control them. And then when it didn't work, they were just kind of, you know, left to exist in, in a series of tunnels underground. Now that sounds corny. I, I, I get that. If you, if you, if you've not seen this movie, you're probably thinking, oh, I'm not going to see it. No, because the way it plays out is so creepy and so unnerving that yeah, like I said, if you, especially if you have a thing about like the idea of just running into a person that looks exactly like you, but isn't you, there is a scene in which they sort of redo the opening again, but you can see it from how it looks in this kind of underground. It's, it's you know, and everybody there, they, they, they look like, they look like broken dolls. And, yes. and they're just sort of, they're kind of twitchy and glitchy and, 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 and you're know, kind of making the motions of the you know their versions of of themselves above ground are doing, and it's just it's mechanical and it's so very very unnerving. The sequence where they're recreating Adelaide uh, and her her family walking down the boardwalk, and then you see the tethered version of it, and these people feeding raw rabbit to one another. While everyone above them is eating, you know, funnel cake is absolutely, I I just, 
There's something about it that somehow you're responsible for suffering and that you're meant to cause suffering. Oh my God. It just, it freaks me the fuck out. Yeah. Everything, everything you do in life, there is an alternate version of you doing it as well, but in a, in a confined sort of environment where again, they're just sort of like, you know, they, they almost seem to be moving like against their will, like, like almost as if they're like possessed. Like, like I said, they're very jerky and, and there's like scenes where they're trying to smile and it looks like, it just looks like something out of a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh my God. This, this movie is crazy. So can we talk um, about, can we talk about the scene with Tim Heidecker yes. and just how he's, how he's just apparently like when the tethered as a, call themselves they when they kill their let's say their real life version of themselves i guess they're kind of free agents and 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 they don't really know what to do with themselves and 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 it's like like elizabeth moss is in it too she plays uh uh tim heidecker's wife Mm -hmm. and when after her the real life version of her is killed there's a scene where she's kind of practicing emotions and and because I the, I guess the idea is they they just plan to kind of take over their their doubles lives and and I, I don't know you know, assuming that they're all going to take over I don't know why they need to feel that they have to look more like their like their real life selves I, I think they're just used to to going through these motions like when she's putting on that lip gloss it's something her tethered version has done and she has been forced to do below ground to mimic this. She kind of looks like she felt lip gloss on her lips. She looks like she's about to eat it. It's 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 like I just I I could not tell what was going to happen in that scene. And then there's and then Tim Heidecker he he does this that thing where he (laughs) where you what is that called when you when you hold your hand to someone like you're going to shake hands and they go back and you do the the sucking your hand back thing. My God, this is the thing where you kind of confounded as to why exactly you might cast Tim Heidecker in this and you're like, Oh, you know, cause he can be an, an, an a-hole. I'm like, okay, I guess there are a lot of people who can convey this, but I think he's the only one who um, of, of that particular family unit where the menace behind his humor, <laughs> and I put oh, yeah, that they- in dick fingers in this circumstance really comes off as holy Fuck, he, this like, is crazy. Like, there's a scene, he he follows uh, Winston Duke out to, he chases after him, and he gets on the boat, and he's fucking with him. He's like, he Because his doppelganger is fucked with Winston Duke, like, they have a thing going on some, where somebody, they fuck with one another. Somebody pointed out, on somebody pointed out on a, uh, on a Facebook post, that he's doing this whole, oh no, where could he be? It's just... <laughs> He, he does a like a Tex Avery yeah. arms akimbo thing. Like I don't know where is he? <laughs> and you're caught between that's every part of this is scary because you've legitimately seen them murder the fuck out of people, and this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, you, there's you, only few people who can do that, and Jordan Peele appears to be one of those people. Well, you well you get the impression that maybe that these that the tether are kind of a little dumb because with, with the, with the exception of, well, what we think is, is Adelaide's uh, tethered version. None of them can talk. They, they, they sort of communicate in like these kind of grunts and screams, which is also, you know, also very disturbing. 
Yes, so, they're they're very animalistic. So, and, and, they, you know, and they the way they move sometimes is a little unnatural. Like the the uh, the tethered version of their the, the family's son, he kind of does this little kind of animal crab walk sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they they seem you get the impression that they're not terribly bright. But they're they're also but they're cunning, and 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 like I said, and he like I said, he's fucking with him, and and it's you know, and it's hilarious. It's hilarious and and terrifying because it's like okay, he's good. He's gonna be keeping this up until he just decides to murder the shit out of him, you know. Yeah. And and that's just like you don't you don't want anything. If someone's gonna murder you, don't. I don't want to be prolonged. Just, 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 just kill me. Don't, don't spend a bunch of time taunting me. And, and, you know, you, know, it's just, that's just adding, that's literally adding insult to injury. But going back to, to the way, uh, uh, Lupita Nyong'o talks, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to try to imitate it. Cause I don't know how she did it, mm-hmm. but it makes sense when you find out that when she was snatched into the shadow world, she was, she was, snatched by her neck and choked so yes. so she talks like someone who's has a hand around her throat it's 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 very you know labored and and gravelly and a fucking nightmare i i i would love to know if i ever got a chance to to interview either her or jordan peele together i was like i need to know how you came up with it this was going to be the voice that, yeah. that that she's going to be speaking in because, like I said, the entire audience was just like, <sighs> like as, as soon as she started talking, like I heard somebody like, "Oh my god!" Just like like it, it's hard, it, it, it's skin crawling. This from the New York Times in the show stopping monologue at the top of the second act. Red speaking voice, a dyspeptic rasp, as if her vocal cords had been gnawed through by rats, suggests that. Uh, <laughs> So I, this was something they legitimately went for that her, her voice is supposed to sound like her windpipe was crushed. Yeah. She, um, during, yeah. It's called spasmodic dysphonia, a neurological disorder that causes involuntary spasms in the larynx, which is why she can't control the, how, when she breathes, she's like, <laughs> and, but she's talking during that. I just, oh my God, it's so fucking creepy. And she's the only one who can talk. So, so she is, is, you know, ostensibly the, the leader of, of, of these people. And she becomes that. They, she finally convinces everyone <laughs> after living on a diet of, of, and that's the other part of that monologue. It's, it's not just the way she says it. It's what she says that every time you had, Something good happened to you. Something terrible happened to me. Every time you had a hot cooked meal, I ate raw rabbit. Every time you got a toy that was soft and fuzzy, I got something that was sharp and cut through my fingers. <laughs> Look, what is happening? Like this sounds terrifying and not just terrifying that this person has been unleashed on the world, but terrifying the fact that you unwittingly are responsible for suffering, which is, I think, the thing that keeps that I keep coming back to is the unwitting responsibility of continuing a system that causes suffering that everyone finds impossible to overcome. Because we're yeah, all kind yeah. of trapped in it. This, when she says we're Americans, there's a distinct reason for that, because we are in a country which is built upon uh, slave labor. We 
uh, we have a privilege um, uh, based on a white nationalist structure of laws and law enforcement. And yes, it is not my direct fault, but I am also directly benefiting. So the advantages I have cause harm unintentionally to other people. And the thought of how this is obviously something I don't want to participate in, but that's where I think the weird hands across America thing comes into it. Cause you're like, let's do this grand gesture. And the grand gesture doesn't change much, which is where I feel the, the movie might leave us because they're surrounded by helicopters. So while it is a surprise apocalypse movie, the apocalypse may not have happened. Yeah, we only to the we, degree we think it did. We only see it, we only see it in terms of a very very small area, so yes. we don't we don't know if. if and I never want to know what happens anywhere else. Yeah, no, no, it's it's, <laughs> it's perfectly fine the 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 way it is. Um, it's like John Carpenter's thing. Hey, was one of them a thing? Maybe I never want to know the answer. Yeah, the, the point of this is not. To know the answer, yeah, it's not going to ha- make it any better. Is this happening in China? Well, I don't know, and and the, <laughs> the and the the movie does not suffer from from not explaining that. Yes, um, so that that is the thing that I think when when I get when I see that reaction, I have a lot to think about. That's where I feel like, oh yeah, this really got to that person. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not even just like, you know, well, what is, what was the meaning behind this? And what was the meaning of that? It was like, okay, what is the meaning of this? You know, hand flail, like over, like overall, you know, I mean, you know, what does it mean to, to discover that, you know, at least, you know, one other version of you every time, you know, you just, things you take for granted, like, you know, a hot meal is, is just, you know, leads to you, you more pain for this other version of you. Yes, the fact that that Jason's magic trick with the spark and it doesn't work for him and it doesn't work for him and it doesn't work for him, it's very possible that every single time it's blowing up in Pluto's face, which is why my he has God, burn scars. I, I never even thought of that, but yeah, oh my God, yeah. I, I, like every, like the, the this is the crazy thing, like Jason's not a bad kid. He's not, he would never mean to, he would not do this to another person, but his actions have equal and opposite reactions. And he is the one who figures it out because when there's that bird sequence with a car on fire, which he's listed as an influence. And I think it's this, this moment and like some of the more apocalyptic, uh, you know, sort of things that we see later on. In that burning car, you know, Pluto has uh, ripped open the gas tank of the car they're in and is about to light it on fire. And Jason puts his arms out and starts walking backwards and walks Pluto into a into a burning car because Pluto can't not do the opposite of what Jason does. And he's the one who figures it out. And at this, at that time, you see at what what we believe to be Adelaide. Um, really, in a way, she's been Adelaide longer than Red had. Um, 
see this and you see it register across her, her face that she is both, her son has survived, but her son has also died. And she is also a part of why this is happening. Like the levels of guilt and responsibility, like this is, it's kind of unparalleled, but I know there are other movies that do that. Like Possession does this in a weird way. The, the, the crazy things that we do to one another then manifest in giant penis snake monsters. Like, you know, so there are other movies that, you know, the, the best of movies make these internal conflicts external. And well, I think this does it with a plum. One one nice twist I I I thought in this well not only twist I I don't know what the word they never except for attacking the doubles of their friends uh, Elizabeth Moss and Tim Heidecker mm-hmm. at no point do they ever hurt any other double except the doubles of themselves like they, they it's like they can't they can't bring themselves to to hurt the double of like you you can't you can't hurt someone that looks like your child. You can't. It just there's just like like when the the when they run over when the uh, the the daughter the double the daughter Zora is the daughter and yeah. Umbre is her yeah opposition. so Zora is driving the car that hits Umbre so she is ultimately responsible for her double's death but it's you even though Adelaide could have just you know taken her out she knows she's dying she's trying to calm her down. And just like it, just like it stays with her while she dies, and yeah. that's just like you know. Of course, you're gonna do that. You know, that's your child. It's not your child, but it but it is your child. And there's just like, and it's definitely one of those like you can't think too long what you would do in that situation because it's too weird. These people yeah. have only been introduced to this new reality in the last hour. Like, you know, you're you not know. gonna, you know, no matter how threatening they might be. You're you're not going to go whole hog, attacking someone that looks like the love of your life or your child because you don't know. Maybe it's not them. Maybe this is some sort of like, you know, it's so disorienting. It's like you know, maybe I killed him and it turns out I got the wrong one or something. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just it's disorienting to think about. So they only ever attack the the versions of themselves. Yeah, they, because they're they're tethered to them and they're trying to undo that connection in order to gain freedom. And yet that freedom, they don't really know how to operate in the real world. Their plan is to hold hands with one another. That's, that's as far as the plans go that we know. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's really wild. And then the thing that struck me rather personally was when they get into uh, the the Tyler's Range Rover, this this car that that <laughs> that uh, Gabe has been lusting after since he's seen it. Like, God damn it, he got the cooler car. Meanwhile, he's driving a Mercedes, ladies and gentlemen. He they get in and they're like, "Well, who's gonna drive?" Well, Dad's his his legs hurt, and and you're you're handcuffed. So, uh, you know, Zora says, I'm going to drive by the way, because basically I have the highest kill count, so I should be in charge. And I'm like, oh, oh, they're counting how many people they're they're killing. This has become a commentary on watching horror movies and (laughs) reveling in how many people die. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I'm like, oh, dookie. And I just kind of lowered my eyes and like, all right, this this feels very personal, but I'm, I'm going, I'm going to take this in. I'm going to take this as a learning moment. I'm, I'm not going to let it affect my behavior in the least, but still. That, yeah, that see, I didn't, I didn't, I, that, that didn't hit me like that at all. And that's, and again, that's what the, that's the, the beauty part of this movie is, is, is it probably didn't occur to you to think of this in terms of, of depression and mental illness and how, a lot of people compare that to there being another version of you that's kind of a, a looks like you and sounds like you, but is a, a fucked up version of you who wants to murder you and take over your life. And, and listen, you can, you could apply a lot of your own psychological bullshit to it. You could apply whatever you want to and somehow it will work. And, and as soon as you start to say it, and I, all I'm doing is nodding my head like, I can see that. I can totally see that. And the fact that there might not be one answer and so many different answers, I think is part of the reason why it's so fucking effective and why the end of the film is striking some as a real downer. But in, and I hate to do this, but in comparison to Get Out, you have a majority of the film which you feel really uncomfortable. Like, I can't believe I'm in trapped in this situation and in here you're obviously trapped in a terrible situation but there are there is thrills and spills and laughter and a jaws joke out of nowhere you don't make a jaws joke and <laughs> when i left at it again the uh elderly uh priest next to me looked at me like what the fuck are you doing it's a jaws joke the thing popped out of the water like a jaws I'm going to laugh at that. And it's intentional for me to do so because he's right on the edge. Again, if you would reduce this down to 10 minutes and made it all comedic, it would have been a fantastic key and peel sketch. I feel like all of these are like base ideas where he could have gone in two directions with. And he's like, no, 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 no. This I say for the horror movie. <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, is uh, the, the funny thing is that during the um, the pre-show, they did show a clip from an episode of Key and Peele where they both play they play a couple of dudes who go to a horror movie, and both try to claim the movie wasn't scary, and, and oh. it, <laughs> it's clearly scary to them. Like like they're they're like walking down the street talking about no oh, this is stupid that wasn't scary at all. But like every time you hear like, like a noise, they kind of jump a little bit. And then like by the end of the sketch, like like Peel has like leapt into 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 uh, Key, Key's arms, and they're just continuing their conversation while he's just walking up carrying him and like a like a bridegroom carry. But they're still talking about how this movie didn't scare them. I think people are really going to look back. At Jordan Peele and Key and Peele in particular, as something that as big as it got, really wasn't as big as it should have been. Like it is a fucking shame how laser good they were at making comedy. And it's because it's concept first, and then they lay in the jokes. It's not joke first, and then we'll work out the details later. Yeah, that um, that uh the the east the east west coast conference thing that's like probably the funniest thing of like <laughs> the two thousand tens. I I don't know that I've laughed so hard at these just made up names. It's, it's such a simple it's, concept for, for a 
show. It's it's fucking Monty Python. Good. It is totally at that level because I'm crying just thinking about it. That is how good that sketch is. How good the Gremlins 2 sketch. I think about that all the time. The uh, the, the the vampire sketch where like oh, the, the, <laughs> I just oh, want to drive. I just want to drive future cars. <laughs> A very early sketch of theirs that I think about all the time is the two guys who are trying to have the the newest shoe or hat. And at one (laughs) point, one of them wears a clear museum display case of the hat on his head. (laughs) I'm like, I know that person. I know that person. Oh my God. Uh, what I mean, I listen, we're not going to get into details because frankly, uh, we only saw it once. We only could see it once, but um, I'm getting signals from my son. I'm telling him we're wrapping things up. There's, there's so much going on to it that I feel like we could go for another hour and a half, but I, I don't think, is there any one thing that you wanted to talk about that you hadn't had a chance to yet? Well, I, I, I do like the, the, there's very much a, 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 an Alice in Wonderland metaphor to it. Again, the the, the hot tea budget was only rivaled by the Rabbit Wrangler budget on this on on the set. <laughs> a lot I, of I have to in this I movie. have to assume that a lot of them are like like CGI clones. But but um, you know, rabbits are having a big year. I mean, between this and and the favorite, there there's a you know, you know rab- <laughs> rabbits are playing a lot into into movies. You feel uh, I, that I, rabbits fared better from the favorite than ducks because ducks I, went de- a long way. Definitely, yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I I don't really know that I understand the the relevance of them having to eat rabbit. I mean, I, again, I guess it's all tied into just you know, you know down the rabbit hole and this this sort of you know underground you know, you know, alternate world. Uh, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of it that like you know, as as someone's going to point out to me, I'll be like, oh, of course, okay, that makes sense. Or mm-hmm. maybe, or maybe you know, he just put it in there because he thought it looked cool. You know, <laughs> I mean, I mean that's okay too. You know, I mean that doesn't always have to be a reason why something you know you know, looks the way it does. I mean, I I think it's unsettling. Uh, you may have to live in New York to to get this, but how the sort of underground they live in looks very much like like a subway station with like mm-hmm. the, the 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 escalator and the the uh, you know the tiled walls and floors. That's like, well, that's uh, I'm going to have a lot to think about. You know. When I go to work tomorrow, the amounts of of layers to this movie are profound, and it's intriguing that he was able to put as much reference into it without ever feeling like a greatest hit piece of references. Now, this this doesn't this doesn't feel like I've seen a lot of horror movies, which you know, yes. you know, some some movies it feels like that. It, it feels like you know, I, I want you to know that I've seen a lot of horror movies, but I, I feel like there's always this effort to go you know i've seen a lot of this and i want to recreate it and i want to recreate it directly and the reason it works for peel and i'll use him as an example i think there are others that do the same but i think the reason it works for him is because he takes that and go okay how can i convey the emotion of that how can i work this element into the narrative that i have it made me feel this I would like people to feel that, but in the in what I'm trying to accomplish. He doesn't just directly go, I like goopy monsters from the thing, so 
Here's a movie with some goopy monsters. He doesn't one-to-one these things right? that way. They're always couched in an actual story with actual characters. This family feels like a family. The, the other family, the Tylers, also feel like a family. A family that you are trapped in a terrible family relationship with. Yeah, it's a it's a different form of feeling trapped. Yeah, you know I mean, you just you, you out of out of you know, out of niceties and and propriety. You know, you're you're not going to say you know, you people are terrible, and I don't know why I'm here with you. As as you know, as much as you know, we're in situations where we would like to sometimes, we just don't. So it's a it's a different kind of you know trap we put ourselves in. I, I was so happy that I got to see this before people on, on Twitter started to spoil it for everyone. Oh my God. Uh, also, those mute blocks are your friend. I did it and it saved me a lot of trouble and it can save you a lot of trouble too. Uh, it's a big pain in the ass, but people just want to be, it's, it's like we're living in a universe of first at the, you know, that old thing where, you know, some a blog put up a news story and someone would just put first uh, once it was published. Yeah. I as think if it was, that was an accomplished. I think uh, it was, uh, I think it was less than 24 hours before I saw the first you know, quote, quote, hot take on it, which was, which the, which the hot take was, I didn't like this as much as everybody else did. Well, <laughs> all right. That's not a hot take, but, but fine. I, again, it's, it, it would be it would be different if you said, "I see a lot of people love this. I didn't so much." Can everyone share with everyone what you liked about it, or what you, you know, what can are you? I, I was kind of like, "Man," but it's in how you approach it. I mean, we've said a million times about movies that we're not fans of, and we have episodes and episodes and episodes of going into detail why we do not. But when someone approaches me as a fan of Part 5 or Jason X or (laughs) Amityville 2, The Possession, my first response is, what do you love about it? It is not to rag on the thing that they like. It's okay for someone to have an opposite reaction than you, but you also don't have to wear it as this point of pride that you are, you stand in the middle of the stream like a tree and the tides of history just go past you with stupidness. Like, oh, all right. You may be smarter than me in some ways, but this isn't about smart. (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah. My my opinion on this is that I loved it, and then I also hate it because it's because I wish I could write stuff like this. Maybe I could if I learned how to get my shit together and and you know focus on things. But but yeah, this is definitely one of those. Ah, why can't I write stuff like this? <laughs> I I'm always jealous of other people's abilities to take leaden ideas and somehow weave them into gold. It is a talent. It's also a process that involves more than one individual, but a a lot of the authorship of this absolutely comes from Jordan Peele. You can, you can feel it in, in every single frame of it, but also he is smart enough to hire people who are capable of not only representing his ideas, but bringing them to the table with panache. He just is very good at casting. He is very smart about editing, about how scenes play out, 
about how scenes are constructed and things are intentionally left a mystery. I am not confused. There's a difference between those two things. Right, 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 right. Like I, I didn't come away saying I didn't understand this. I, I, I do think there are certain aspects of it that you, if you think about it too much, it may not support itself. But yes. you know what? I, I don't do that for movies that I like because it's, it's <laughs> because it's it, you're ruining the fun for yourself. You know, it, it was you know, how things were explained were good enough. If that if, if that makes sense. Yes. If, if the suspension of disbelief requires a certain amount of cabling, and if you start cutting the cabling because you want to get somewhere faster, like the that disbelief is just gonna just come up. You are no longer holding it up to that advantage, right? Um, so I think that just about does it yes. uh, for this week. Uh, we um, thank everyone uh, for your patronage, both on our Patreon page, and if you're unable to uh, give to us uh, economically, please rate and review us on iTunes. Um, we have not had a ton of iTunes um, uh, reviews as of late. And I would love that to increase because that does get us seen and heard by more people. So if you tell us what your favorite kills in any of the movies that we've talked about, uh, we'll talk about it here on the air. That's our solemn promise to you. Uh, Gina, where can people find you online? I have my own website, which I write about old TV and movies at GinaRadcliffe.com. I am also a staff writer at TheSpool.net, where uh, recent reviews of the include the surprisingly entertaining Motley Crue biopic, and uh, also my thoughts on Tim Burton's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, I'll spoil it for you and say, not good. <laughs> yes very very true uh I, I of course if you want to reach out to us uh there's very easy ways to do it the easiest way is twitter at kill by kill pod uh we have a facebook group and page uh someone posted that some sort of uh weird add-on to a south park game contains an image of jason Voorhees, in which jason is wearing a jacket again for everyone <laughs> Jason doesn't need to layer. It happened in two movies and not great ones. So, well, the, the, the 2009 thing is like debatable. It, like make that Jason is unto himself. Like he's a flesh and blood human being. He might need to layer. It's Texas in winter. But for the vast majority of, of times that Jason Voorhees has been presented on camera, he's a separate sky. It's, pants and button down shirt. That's it. The guy does not need to look like Frankenstein. He's not going to a formal event. He's not a dad attending a school play. He doesn't need a jacket. These are going to be, these are going to be your dementia ravings in like, in like 40 years. You're going to be in the nursing. Oh, Jason doesn't need a jacket. They're not teenagers. It's like, oh my God. Well, someone shut Hamilton up. It's like, does Mr. Hamilton have a son named Jason? I think so. Talking about those stupid movies they never made again. Uh, So that just about does it. So uh, until now, we will rejoin the action with Freddy's Revenge. But this is just one of those opportunities where um, a horror movie is just so big that it would be crazy for us not to comment about it. Uh, when uh, people, have, when it's arrived in theaters, and I think this is an excellent example of it. Um, so 
until uh, next time, the body count will continue. So for myself and for Gina and for my son, Ollie, who's wandered into the room and has been <laughs> staring daggers into my eyes saying, when can I say something on the microphone? We say bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Do you want to say goodbye? Bye. You have to get close up to the microphone. Okay. You just can't. You just... Bye. <laughs> there Beautiful. you go. Excellent. Spun gold, baby. All right. Bye. <laughs>